All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Life in Phases podcast. This is season three, and we are talking about young adults. If you've been with us from the beginning, uh, you are a friend of the program. So thanks for sticking with us. You've been with us since we talked about babies. Season one was about babies all the way through high school students. Season two, we focused on college students. Just so good to hear from some great leaders about college age and what's going on in that phase. And here we are, season three, episode four of Life in Phases. And we've got a great one for you for young adults talking about how do you live out your faith in your secular work environment? Um, so, I mean, that could be even Chick-fil-A because uh, even though it's got that, you know, cross chicken going on. Uh, there's still non-Christians that work in those places. So how do we, as young adults, uh, carry that into our place? My name is Matt. I'm your host today. And thank you for listening, whether you're listening to your car, driving to work, going wherever you go. Um, just so grateful for you. And we've got a great one for you today. We've got a couple guests with me today. And the first one, hey, Laura, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Matt? That's good. Hey, Laura, tell us um, a little bit about you, uh, where you work, um, why and how you're involved with young adults here at Eastview. Yeah, so I work as an academic advisor at ISU. Um, I work mostly with freshmen in university college. Oh, wow. So yeah, I have them for their first year and then they go off to their department advisor. I keep them if they're still undeclared at that okay. point. So it's a lot of students trying to make these kinds of career decisions and things like that, um, helping them with that. Um, I've been involved in Eastview Young Adults pretty much since it started as a ministry. Um, I know, uh, you know, back a few years ago, it was a little, you know, more like small group oriented and then through Sojourn and Young Adult Gathering. Um, so I've been in, in this ministry for quite a few years now. That's great. You're a veteran. I guess you could say That's right. that. <laughs> That's good. How long have you been coming to Eastview? I started coming to Eastview consistently my freshman year of high school, okay. which was 2011. Okay. Okay. So you've got... You got seven years on me, man. So that, that's good. Hey, uh, a couple things that we do here on Life and Phases podcast uh, is we do a fun fact and then we do your favorite local spot to eat. So what do you have a fun fact for us? Yeah. So my fun fact would be that I cannot blow my nose. Really? Like it just doesn't work. Okay. I, I have tried, Sean has tried teaching me several times and Sean, I promised him two years ago that he'll be my first phone call. Oh wow. If I ever figure it out. So never. Um, never. So never. He <laughs> wow. won't, he won't ever be receiving that phone call because I've been trying my <laughs> whole life and it, it still hasn't happened. Okay. Um, and then my favorite restaurant to eat at is Olive Garden. Oh. For real. Which yeah. Which is our other guest, Sean. Yeah, I've doesn't, heard this story. Yeah, doesn't like <laughs> Olive Garden, but so Olive Garden, you get sucked into that. That's good. I will just eat pasta until it's gone. Okay. So mm, wow, anything with pasta. That's, yeah, that's good. So recently, this last weekend, my mom was in town and she wanted to go to Olive Garden. I did not want to go. Like there are so many fan. other. Well, if you're, gonna, if you're getting a free meal, like my mom likes to take us out. I want to go somewhere that's like. Like a special occasion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I get it. But for her, small town, Southern Illinois, Olive Garden is like. Well, that was me because I grew up in Colfax. Okay. So coming to Bloomington was like coming to the city. Wow. Yeah. So Olive Garden was like the place we went for special like birthdays, things okay. like that. That was the special occasion it's restaurant for us. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, hey, Sean, uh, tell us a little bit about you, man. I'm so glad that you're on this episode. Uh, where do you work? How long have you been involved with young adults here at Eastview? What's your story a little bit? Yeah, um, I work at Newsbomb Transportation, a trucking company here in town, at, up in Hudson. And um, I've been working there for almost a few years now. And I've been involved in Eastview Young Adults for some time. I moved back from Arizona from college uh, early 2019. Okay. So that's when I started getting involved in the Young Adults Ministry. Cool. Where, where did you go to school? Uh, Arizona State. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sun Devils. Yep. Yes, yeah. indeed. Nice. That's fun. That's fun. Well, um, so tell us, you want to do a uh, food spot first? Mix it up a little bit? Sure. Okay. We're going to totally rock everybody's breath. <laughs> okay. Let's mix it up. My uh, my food spot. Certainly not Olive Garden. Yes. Yep. That has been established. Oh. That has been established. Um, I got to go with Ancho and Agave. Okay. I yeah. really love Ancho and Agave. I've been... I just want to go there every week. That's good. <laughs> I love it. I just had their street corn for the first time. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. It's solid. I got done eating, and I felt like I had corn in my tooth. Hmm. And I'm like, and so I'm with this dude, good friend of mine, gives you kind of like legal opportunity to dig the corn out of your tooth. So I'm like sitting there like, yeah. gosh, dang it, can this stupid thing. Get to my car, I'm looking in the mirror. I chipped the tooth. Right. Like I currently have a chipped tooth. Um, thank you, Ancho, um, for <laughs> oh, that. No. Did it keep me away from going back to Ancho? It did not. Okay. Good. Um, cause I love that place. It's really good. But, good. um, what about a fun fact? Fun fact about me. Uh, I have a freckle in one of my eyes. Oh yeah. I realize that doesn't translate very well in podcast form. You know, you yeah. can't quite see, but I promise you it's there. Okay. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> so psychologically, I just want everybody to know that I touched my eye. As you said that. So <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to be like, oh, wow, touch. Do I have a freckle? No, I've never heard of anybody say that before. Yeah, it's pretty when, interesting. When did you figure that out? Um, I My parents knew ever since I was young. They okay. checked like to make sure it wasn't a thing. Yeah. When I was a baby, they noticed it. They're like, we just, just want to make sure there's nothing there. And they looked into it. They're like, nope, it's just a freck okay. freckle. It's fine. It's just an aesthetic, uh, aesthetic thing. Yeah. And um, But I didn't really know about it until I just kind of saw it. One day, I think it was in high school or something. I'm like, what is that? What is going on? <laughs> I'm like, what is that? And then I showed my brother and he thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now that's my, that's been my going to fun yeah. fact ever since then. That's good. So I love it. Gets the job done. I love it. Well, we are, we're spending some time today talking about young adults and uh, we at ECU love young adults, believe in young adults. Um, and I think so often we've talked about this in past podcasts the church doesn't always do a great job with understanding what to do with young adults. Like both of you are shaking your head. You understand that, you know that. Um, so some of the things we're trying to figure out through this podcast is how can we help um, each other? Uh, this is hopefully going to be an encouragement for you as you, um, as a young adult, go to work every day maybe, and, and you're trying to figure out how to be a Christian there, but also how to better get into the community and understand what the church looks like for you. We started last podcast with this, so I want to get you guys' thoughts. In 2020, Barna Research Group uh, did a study on young adults called the Connected Generation. Uh, in that study, though, and this is where it gets right into like what we're talking about, 32% of those polled said they want to be financially independent from their parents, 36 want to start their own business, and 29 want to establish their career now. Um, and with that being said, it, it's clear that career 
finances are big in the minds of this phase of life, especially now COVID just with every, you know, turmoil, what's going on. So let's, let's talk about this. I'd love to hear why do you guys feel for this generation, for your generation, this matters so much. Um, am I off on that? Is this pulling off on that? Like, do you feel like it's important? Do you feel like it matters and, and why? I definitely think it matters and it's important. And I also, I also see that in other young adults my age. Um, I do think maybe with our generation, it, it happened a little bit later in life, perhaps yeah. than the previous ones. I'd say um, maybe that's just because of how education has kind of changed. That's become kind of a big priority going into college and stuff like that. And, you know, people are getting married later in life and all that, you know. So I think a pattern I've just kind of been like a- anecdotally observing is like it's just happening later in life. But we're definitely hitting the stage where I see the people around us in the gathering and we talk to it's it's one of the most common topics we talk about is, you know, work, uh, finances, you know, always talking about the jobs people have they're looking for, they lost, you know, we have those conversations all the time. So, um, yeah, I, I, that study rings true to me from what I've observed. And I think a big part of it too comes back to security because like speaking for myself personally, I was never the kid who was like, this is my dream career. I know this is what I want to do. Like I have never considered myself a super career oriented person, but I still value the security that comes from having a job and being able to pay bills and things like that. So I think it's almost one of those things that just has to become a priority because just as human beings, we value that sense of security. Yeah. Um, even if it's not like, Oh, this is my dream job and this is what I was made to do. Um, you still need a job because you have things to pay for. So it, it becomes a very important part of your life regardless. Okay. With that, let me ask this, and this is not off, this is off, you know, the trail here, but <laughs> what's more important, do you think, to people in your generation, security or happiness? So would somebody choose a job that was more financially secure or choose something right now? Like I'm not talking about 10 years from now or something that, makes them mentally happy, emotionally, physically, like all of that. What do you, what do you guys think with that? That that's a really good question. Um, I, I think I might lean the latter there. I do think people maybe are drawn a little bit more towards jobs that they find fulfilling and not necessarily provisional. Um, still provides security. But still provides enough, okay. right? Yeah. But you know, like if you got a one job offer that was 60,000 a year, and then one that was 40,000 a year, but the 40,000 is something that you love doing. I, I would say probably a large majority of people my age, at least the people I know would probably go with the 40,000 because it's more what they want to do. I think at least from what I've observed, we're kind of shifting more towards the, like, we want to be fulfilled by our jobs, not necessarily like we have to provide, but that totally changes though. Cause I do know some um, friends of mine that already have families already have kids and for them, it might be a little bit different where it's like they they might be focusing a little bit more on reaching the standards that they need to to provide mm. for their family. So it's it's situational. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I would agree with that response. I definitely would value my mental health and happiness over getting extra money or something like that. Like as long as I can pay what I need to pay, I would much rather have a job that I enjoy and that I feel fulfilled doing. Cause if I'm miserable at work, I'm going to be miserable outside of work too. And to yeah. me, that's just not worth the extra money that comes with a higher paying job. Yeah. 
That's good. So my generation, Generation X, you know, I'm a little older. Um, you know, the one right before millennials, I would say it was a little bit of the opposite. Like we are about, okay, we need to just be secure in mm -hmm. what we do. And I feel like that comes from like parents trying to like deliver something to us, mm -hmm. you know, like this is what you've got. This is the path that you have to take. You know, um, I remember, um, my dad, when I told him I wanted to go into ministry, he said, well, what's your, what's the, you know, retirement plan? You know, like he was only concerned about that more than my happiness, more than my joy or anything. And it really caused me to be like, Oh, what's, what, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's just interesting. Like generationally, as we kind of formulate, like what does happiness look like? What does security look like? Like sometimes those clash a little bit, but finding the middle, that's, that's good. I'm sorry. I threw that one on there, but you know, no, felt like good. it's good. So within that, like, you know, as we talk about like a desire for happiness, a desire for security, a desire for financial, you know, <laughs> um, stability. Um, we all find ourselves sometimes like thinking, okay, what does the future look like for me? What does the path look like for me? And many people your age end up working in secular organizations or surrounded by non-Christians. So here's the thing that I think is a struggle. Uh, and we'd love to hear you guys speak into where, where does faith come in for your day-to-day -day life at work? Uh, I think that's something people are asking. How do I do this outside of my church community day-to-day? So what, what does that look like? You, if you could encourage anybody in that, what, what would you say is your experience within that? Yeah, for me personally, my current job right now, I have been very fortunate. We're, my coworkers and I were pretty split between like Christian and non-Christian, um, but we have very open conversations about religion and, you know, things tied to that at work just in our free time. Um, we all really enjoy talking about those kinds of topics. So it's something that comes up pretty frequently. Um, and it's it's not something where we're necessarily like debating or trying to change each other's minds. We're just sharing ideas, different worldviews, and we're able to have those open discussions with each other um, and then still all be friends and good coworkers afterwards. Um, so that has been really cool. And for me personally, it, it helps that I have um, coworkers that I know are Christians there that kind of helps embolden me to talk about my faith more because I know that there are other people there, um, who have the same beliefs as I do. And we can kind of encourage each other in that. Um, but it's also been really encouraging to see how, um, receptive my non-Christian coworkers are to having those discussions, not receptive in the way that they're like, Oh, I'm a Christian now. Like you changed my mind, but they're just, they're fine talking about those things and they enjoy those things. Um, and I feel like it's helped us get a lot closer, a lot faster. There was a group of us that was all hired at the same time. And so we kind of, we all went through training and everything together. And so being able to have conversations about those deeper topics has really brought us a lot closer. Um, and then that helps me then show Jesus to them by being invested in their lives. Um, but not treating them as like a conversion project either, where I'm just trying to be like, oh, I just need you to become a Christian. It's like, no, I want to share my faith with you, but I also just want to be your friend outside of that too. Okay. That's good. Sean? Yeah, I think that's, that's really good. I think those opportunities might actually show up a little bit more than we might think on the onset to talk about faith. Um, they do spring up. I think there's, um, there is a component of also just living out your faith visibly you know, how you compose yourself, um, things you say, decisions you make. I think all of that can be a testament to how God is working in your heart 
And um, then when something comes up where you treat it differently than the world would, someone might be like, hey, why did you do that differently? And then there you go. You got the conversation starter. Um, I will say, though, sometimes I think this is kind of used as an excuse for some people when it comes to talking about God to others where they're like, well, I'm just living out my faith and I'm being an example. I think there also is a level of intentionality, intentionally bringing Christ into the workplace where you need to be living out your faith, but you also need to be like prayerfully looking for those opportunities to, um, to be bold, like you were saying, and, you know, when appropriate, yeah. bring it up. That's good. There, you know, there's that saying, it's like, preach the gospel, always use words if necessary, you know, and a lot of times we say, well, see, like that means it's all about our actions, but really that can be used as a lazy way out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, see what that says. Like I need to live out my faith. Well, you also need to proclaim who you are too from time to time. Um, why is that an intimidating aspect within like a work organization to, to be in that mindset of, uh, I'm, I'm, concerned about my job. I'm concerned about like the people around me. Like how, how does that shift even from like a college level, a uh, high school level? Like why does this change a little bit when it comes to being a young adult in a work area? I think part of it is just, you know, these, my coworkers are people I'm going to see every day. So I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Okay. Um, you know, and with my students now, like when I was a student, I could freely share whatever I wanted to share with my students now, like I'm the professional. And so there is that, you know, line of like, okay, how much am I allowed to share with my students about my personal beliefs? Um, you know, just as far as like job security and things like that, you know, you're only allowed to say so much in certain situations. Um, but a big part of it is just that fear of making people uncomfortable. And then I feel like that just kind of leads to that fear of rejection and um, not being accepted. And it's like, I'm going to be with these people 40 hours a week. So I want us to get along. Um, and I don't want to be, you know, that weird Christian that always has to bring up Jesus or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, it's interesting how it never changes. You know, you talk to a third grader, who is like, I don't know how I feel about sharing or inviting somebody to church. And then it goes all the way up. I'm 42 and I still struggle, you know, with like mm -hmm. the acceptance factor, but also like, how am I going to be viewed? What is this going to do to my social, whatever, you know? And it's just interesting with that, you know, it yeah. doesn't change. Um, w with that, like w talking about difficulties, talking about that, w what are some major difficulties, Sean, that you experience as a Christian, try to navigate through work environments? Yeah. For me, submission to authority is a difficult thing when it comes to how I can be living out my faith in those environments. Um, a, a passage in Colossians, I think about that directed, it's directed towards bond servants, and I think it can be instructive of how we can compose ourselves at work. Um, it's Colossians three twenty-two through 24, and it says, bond servants obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service, as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And that sticks out to me because I, a lot of these are difficult to me. Like it says, not by the way of eye service. So that's like, don't just work well when you're being seen. And 
I mean, I'm telling you just the other day, like I was on my phone and then my boss came around the corner. I locked my phone, you know, so when he walked by, he wouldn't see me on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) I pulled it back in, you know, like, um, so it's as Christians, we're just, we're called to submit to authority, even in the workplace. Um, so listening and doing what our bosses ask, um, I don't think that has to be done blindly or without sharing your thoughts. And if the, if your boss is abusive or doesn't respect or listen to you, then I don't, maybe it's time to look for a new job, find a place. But, um, but besides that, I'm, there are rare occasions where you could stand up or push back a bit in cases of sin and things like that. But I think in general, um, we need to be very careful when that happens and we need to kind of default to the position of submission and just kind of not be prideful, um, and to always conduct ourselves with gentleness and respect, um, in, in our culture, it feels like we've made pride almost look heroic, like it's a good thing to stand up whenever we're not getting the way we want. It's empowering. Um, but as Christians, we see when Jesus was going to be crucified that he didn't stand up against authority, but he was lifted up on the cross instead. And unlike us, he actually does have all authority under heaven, so he would have the right to take his authority, but he chose not to. So how much more, I think, should we submit to our authority here? You know, if God did. So I, I try to have that mindset, but I mean, all the fancy words aside, it's pretty easy to just talk back in the heat of the moment, yeah, right, <laughs> which is, right. which is what I, I end up doing more than I care to admit. Okay. So. No, that's good. I like that. Uh, Lord, what do you think about that? I would say in my experience, um, my current job and past jobs, the biggest difficulty that I've encountered as a Christian is trying to counter the experiences that my coworkers have had with other Christians or at other mm-hmm. churches. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of times when you say, Oh, I'm a Christian or I'm a Christ follower, there is a certain image that people associate right. that or certain beliefs that they assume I hold or um, you know, certain ways of treating people that they assume because of past experience that they, that they've had that I will be the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's when I feel like I tend to fall into that, oh, I need to show my faith and not say my faith. But then that ends up, you know, like we said earlier, becoming an excuse in a lot of cases. Um, Because if I'm going to show them that that, their past experience is not what a Christian is supposed to be, then they have to know I'm a Christian (laughs) to see that it's supposed to be different. I think that's one of the hardest things is that so often people will just paint everybody with the same brush, you know? Mm-hmm. So you have one bad experience. That means everybody's like that. And we do that for anything. It's not just Christians, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So then to be able to say, no, no, I'm not like that. I'm not like that. It's like, well, you got to prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes time. Yeah. Um, you have to build that relationship to yeah. be able to show that to somebody. Exactly. Most of the time in the workforce, we don't always have that amount of time because so many people were transitioning and moving out, which is tough. So we got a small amount of time with that, but I know you guys are probably killing it. Your representation. (laughs) Sure. But but also knowing, (laughs) but also knowing like it's tough and and everybody that's listening knows that those tensions. Yeah. Um, How do you guys strengthen yourself each day? Life happens. Um, You both work full-time jobs. You both serve at ECU. You're both good friends to people. You know, so friendship matters to each of you. So time, there's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. You know, so what does it look like for you within all of those other things going on 
for you to develop yourself personally and in community as a young professional? Yeah, I think firstly, just getting your priorities straightforward, I think is the best place to start from. Um, I'm also working on a master's degree right now. So all of that together, I have literally zero time. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's interesting that in this phase where I've had less time than ever, that's kind of pushed me to a point where I realized I needed to shift my priorities around. And um, I think the, the most important thing, it sounds counterintuitive, you know, if you're, if you're busy in life, things are happening, you're trying to grow more in community, all that, that the best thing you can do for all that is to be spending good quality time with God uh, each day, I believe. And I, it's a practice that I've always kind of loosely had here and there, but when things got crazy, when things got busier, I realized that was only more important. Mm. And that's something that I've been getting much better at over the last few months. Um, I'm so bad at waking up in the morning, but <laughs> I forced myself to get up 30 minutes earlier. I used the time change to help me, okay. you know, where the hour shifted. And um, it's amazing, though, how much that then fuels you to do everything else. It's good. It helps clear your mind and gets rid of a lot of the clutter. And it also helps me set my priorities right. I can see more clearly, like, what's important um, just because I'm starting the day the right way. And I think that has been the most instrumental by adding something else to my schedule has been in the most instrumental in like how I can get through everything better. That's great. That's good. Laura, what about you? I mean, definitely agree with everything Sean says. I'm the same way. I have to get up early to spend time with God. Otherwise, I know that it will just fall by the wayside um, as the day goes on. Um, but also going along with that, um, for me, it was a struggle to learn work-life boundaries, um, especially when I started working full-time. Um, now it's really easy to have your work email on your phone, to have to still have access to work outside of work. And I noticed when I first started this job, I was checking my email constantly, like whether I was at work or at not, or not at work. Um, and my rationale for it was, oh, I'll have less to do when I go to work tomorrow if I just answer this email now or if I just respond to this student now. Um, but then in reality, it just meant I never stopped working. Um, and that was something that I had to learn. Like, okay, I work, you know, 7.30 to 4 every day. I don't need to do work outside of that. And that was something, too, that my boss talked to us about. He was like, do not be checking your email outside. Like, I'm very fortunate to have a very supportive boss who wants us to have lives outside of work and wants us to feel um, like that time is our own. Um, but that was something that, like, the overachiever in me was like, oh, I can just take care mm. of all this now and then tomorrow will be less. But in reality, tomorrow wasn't less. I still had stuff to do. Um, and then I hadn't been able to enjoy my evening the night before. Yeah. I, I feel like another thing about where we are right now is there is that crunch to succeed. Mm -hmm. So what does success mean? It means that you work harder than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. we find ourselves unhappy with our jobs because we've not learned what it means to rest well. You get burnt out you really do. fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Like, I find that, like, my wife has a job where she's social media manager and she does a lot of website stuff. And sometimes she can take breaks during the day, but then is working late at night. I'm just like, you know, we, get, we can't do this. You know, it's yeah. like we got to be careful with what we do, with what we have, um, with what's been given to us. So... Another thought, like just to end on this, like there's 
according to this Barton study that we talked about in the beginning of this podcast 27 minutes ago, um, this connected generation, it says that young adults are just as likely to feel optimistic about the future as they are uncertain about the future, as well as afraid to fail and anxious about important decisions. So it's 40% of all those, like across the board. So totally different outlooks in life, but there seems to be a split evenly in the mindset of young adults. Um, when you see those, what, what comes to mind when you see those like answers of like, oh, wow, these are really split. Why are they split? Like what, what comes to mind in these? To me, I don't even know if it's split because I feel optimistic and uncertain at the same time. (laughs) Okay. Like I can, I'm excited for the future, but then I'm also scared at the same time. Like endless possibilities is exciting. Like Mm. anything could happen. I could, you know, move somewhere. I could, you know, do X, Y, Z. But then that's also scary when you think about the unknown at the Mm. same time. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if people answered both of like the same person answered both of those things. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, that sounds about right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel all of those things mm. really. Um, I think it's just because of our stage of life, it's just unique because we're, pra- we're past the preparatory yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> stages, you know, but we're not quite experienced enough in the next stage of life that we're, that we can step confidently, you know, not that there might be insecurities that will be in every stage of life, you know, but I think especially where we're at, it's like, okay, we've been prepared, we're ready, but we're not practiced yet. And we're not necessarily anchored anywhere right now either. Yeah. Um, Especially a lot of us, like we don't have families yet or any, we're not like settled as, you know, per se. Right. So I feel like that makes the possibilities seem even more endless, which is exciting and overwhelming at the same time. Yeah. 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 And I think, um, I mean, there's pros and cons with any stage of life, but I think the thing that should always be the same is that we're just always pursuing God. Like that should be, that should not change irrelevant of our stage of life. So even though there's like a lot of questions and there's just a lot of craziness that happens right now, um, if we just seek first the kingdom, you know, the rest will be added. Mm. So um, I just think that that's something that's been encouraging to me, a verse that talks about that um, just through what feels kind of crazy, honestly, sometimes, mm-hmm. but, yeah. That's but exciting. That's good. So one last thing, not on the sheet. We are, we're, we're in this place where uh, you know, supply chains, you know, the, the backups, all of those, like people are not working. You know, it's just like, like kind of a chaotic time when it comes to working. You know, uh, you hear about it every day. You see it every day. A guy named Mark Sayers, who's an author, pastor that I follow out of Melbourne, Australia, um, he talks about how this is the time where we see that people's unhappiness comes to life when they're not working mm. because we're made to work. We're called to work mm-hmm. in, in Genesis. Uh, John Mark Comer uh, talks about in his book, Garden City, how, how we're, we're called to that. And so, so, my thought, I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this. One way that I feel like Christians can rise up in this time is actually by working. And not only by working, but, but having a faith in their work and enjoying a job that they have and, and coming to work every day, understanding that maybe their friends are not and they're fine staying. You know, so what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, is this a way for, for us and your generation to, to rise up by actually putting our foot forward and saying, we're going to buck the system of what's happening around us, and we're actually going to go to work. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I think I think that's definitely true. I mean, I'm somebody just putting out there. I'm naturally lazy. Like growing up, <laughs> okay. I, I would cut all the corners. Like ask my dad right now who mowed the lawn the least. <laughs> it was you. Know? you. It was me. I'm cutting all the corners everywhere I can. I'm, you know, and unfortunately I'm, I'm a bit clever too. So okay. I, I creatively get out of work. Um, but um, I learned through this for sure that work is a good thing. Mm. Um, it was when I was just working from home, even being an introverted person, like when I was working from home for all that time and there, I'm, I work in trucking. There just wasn't much oh, during yeah. when during the the shutdowns, where I'm like, I need to be doing something that's actually productive. That's actually I feel like is of value. Um, so I definitely realized it there, and and that was kind of a big turning point for me when it comes to this type of conversation. And I mean, now it's everything's exploding in trucking, <laughs> so there's way too much work. Okay. <laughs> we don't know what to do with it all. But um, yeah, I would definitely agree that this is kind of the time I think as young adults to really buckle down and grow in that way and be sharing Christ through that as an opportunity. That's good. Okay. Well, I just wanted to throw that in there. I don't know if you had any thoughts, Laura. Yeah. I I mean, kind of similar to Sean, I would just add like working from home for me really showed me that I need to be working in like a physical office space. Um, It was very easy for me to fit all the work that I needed to do into a very small portion of the day. And then, you know, your computer's just sitting open and you're doing the dishes or, you know, other things like that. Um, which at the time I was like, wow, look at how productive I'm being. Cause I'm doing work and, you know, things around the house. Um, but then I realized that really it just led to me kind of cutting corners and just trying yeah. to do things as fast as possible and not being as intentional as I should have been in the work that I was doing. Um, so when I got this job that I have now, I was given the option, like you can work from home if you want to, or you can come to the office space if you're comfortable. And I was like, I need to go to the office <laughs> space, especially learning a new job and, yeah. and trying to start and like put my best foot forward. Um, that was very important to me. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Guys, thanks for being on here. Uh, really appreciate yeah. you both. Thanks for having us. Um, hey, make sure to go out and start following uh, Eastview Young Adults on Instagram. That's at Eastview underscore YA. See what's going on with what they've got going on. Um, and also come and find us on Instagram through our church, through Eastview Christian Church, uh, and through other platforms that we have, our YouTube channel and some other ways that you can connect with us on a Sunday morning, our online campus, our Bloomington campus, our normal campus, however it is, we'd love to know you. We'd love to connect with you and we'd love to help you in your relationship with Jesus. So uh, until next time, uh, thanks for listening to Life in Phases uh, Season 3, Episode 4. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>